You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, I'm Don Leary. Welcome to this podcast of articles from Women's Health, a presentation of Airs LA. Today's article is by Lauren Krauss from the January 2022 edition. Find your ultimate why. Reminder, self-care isn't selfish. Just ask three women who realized it was the only route that could enable them to show up for loved ones and then took wellness matters into their own hands. Here's proof of concept and a roadmap for doing the same. Let's be real. When you spend the majority of your waking hours giving to others, the idea of prioritizing self-care can sound like a bit of a delusional joke. Um, with what time? And how? But hear this. When we engage in regular self-care, we tend to have more energy to devote to others and be less vulnerable to painful emotions. Says Alyssa Giroud, Ph.D., an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. When you're up against high demand, low security times, putting yourself first, above deadlines, phone calls, emails, is an extremely difficult move to make. However, it's essential. At the beginning of a new year, in the wake of the worst of a pandemic, we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Since COVID-19, Many of us have taken on new or redesigned roles. As a result, we've carried immensely heavy burdens, supporting loved ones, navigating our own traumas, and taking care of others as parents, caregivers, friends, teachers, healthcare workers, waiters, community organizers, whatever your contributions look like. But building support systems and holding up others begins with and relies on individuals taking the time to recharge. The women here, like so many others, are givers at heart. But when they lost themselves in service to loved ones, they had to make simple yet dramatic life changes in order to rescue their mental, physical, and spiritual health. Today, they're so much stronger for it. So if you still think you can't fit self-care into your schedule, that's okay. You may just need a little inspiration and a lot more support. Start by reading these stories, then set an intention to make a happier, healthier you a reality with a few simple mindset tweaks. As a young person with a chronic illness, I had to put my health first in order to support my parents too. Tamar Kuyamjian, 30, Brooklyn. In June 2020, my parents were admitted to the hospital within weeks of each other in California, the opposite coast for me. First, my dad, a brain cancer patient, had a stroke. Then my mom collapsed from complications of her irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. Much of the support was on me. It's a joy to be there for my parents, but sometimes 
It also means fielding hard questions in moments when they're processing how they used to be or what they can or can't do anymore. I knew that if they had another emergency, their needs would increase. My stress levels surged and symptoms of my own health issues. I was diagnosed with IBS four years ago, got much worse. My hair began to fall out. My abdominal cramps became more painful. I developed cystic acne and I couldn't sleep. At this point, I knew I wasn't emotionally or physically up to the task. I had not been satisfied with my doctor's approach for a while and dealing with my parents' issues motivated me to change my provider. I switched to a functional medicine specialist who had a desire to understand me as an individual, not just my condition. I also let my boss know what I was going through. I'd been working for this company for four months and I was afraid of telling the person who paid me and decided promotions and raises that some days I had bouts of brain fog or might not get tasks done as quickly. But they were supportive and connected me with a caregiving expert to help me create a plan to strengthen my connection with my parents despite the distance and communication challenges. I take comfort in the renewed energy, mental clarity, and emotional steadiness I've built since getting the proper support. Sometimes I still battle anxiety and guilt about the situation, but I also know now to let my medical team, employer, friends, and family show up for me too. I don't have to struggle with this alone anymore. Even coaches need coaches, and I have one to keep me accountable. Tammy Chang, MD, 40, Tacoma, Washington. As a pediatric oncologist at Mary Bridge Children's Hospital, I care for the sickest of the sick, children who won't get to live to their potential because of cancer. I love what I do, and my team is strong and close-knit. But the summer of 2019 was tremendously stressful. Multiple team members had family members who passed away, and I lost my father-in-law. On top of this, we were short-staffed, which meant I was handling even more diagnoses, relapses, and deaths than usual. Everything I'd learned in medical school taught me to put my patients first, so I just kept pushing myself. I stopped exercising, gained 20 pounds, and wasn't sleeping. Then I began daydreaming about not going into work anymore, which I later came to understand is an example of suicidal ideation, a problem one in five physicians face. On the way home, after an end-of-life discussion with a patient's family, these thoughts were overwhelming. It hit me. I can't keep forging on like this. The truth was, I couldn't be the doctor I needed to be without taking care of myself. That day, I decided to take three months off to regain my health. I went on frequent hikes with my golden retriever, reconnected with old friends, and saw therapists to work on my mental struggles and basic self-care. In my search for help, I also discovered executive and wellness coaching and began working with someone who had helped a close friend navigate burnout 
and challenging professional situations. I still work with this coach consistently, and I've become one myself to help other doctors thrive. A wellness coach acts as a sounding board, creates a space for reflection, and serves as an accountability partner to push you to achieve goals or create boundaries. Search the International Coaching Federation for a credentialed coach in your field. It changed my life, and I know it can alter yours too. It took a hospital stay to realize I had to start living for myself. Takira Tanay Terrell, 33, Detroit. In October 2020, I found myself overwhelmed as a mental health clinician, trauma specialist, and single mom of a six-year-old daughter. The pandemic had brought up more trauma, so clients were pouring in. By then, my family had lost several loved ones to COVID, and a year before, my uncle died tragically and unexpectedly. I was already struggling with the anniversary of his death when one of my clients died. When my supervisor asked me if I was okay, I told her I was fine. I was a lead clinician, so I felt I had to be. I was the one who was supposed to have all the answers. The next day, I felt numb, but pushed myself to keep working. That night, as I was doing the dishes, I collapsed. I had a pre-existing heart condition that can lead to fainting spells, but this was the first time it brought on symptoms that severe. I was admitted to the hospital for three days. Lying there, I had a powerful revelation. I was living everyone else's version and vision of me and not my own. I felt like an imposter in my own life. I couldn't be effective with all of the people who looked up to me if I couldn't show up as my authentic self. Most of all, I had to be there for my daughter. To serve as a role model for her, I visited my doctor and asked my family and friends for help. Case in point, my mom had recently begun eating healthier for her own well-being so I asked her for advice and joined her in a plant-based diet. I also began to exercise regularly. When it came to my mental health, I had to start practicing what I preached with clients, so I went to see a professional. I had to confront my core beliefs that said, it's more important to help others than to take care of yourself. False. Now I'm teaching my daughter what I've learned, to openly express herself and her needs. We talk about the importance of self-respect, recognizing how her body feels when she's tired, sad, or frustrated, and making smart decisions for a healthy lifestyle. Together we practice deep breathing. If you feel it's your job to take care of everyone else, I challenge you to shift your perspective and try giving yourself the advice and instructions you'd give to someone you care about. A friend, a daughter. Caption. Shift your self-care mindset. Here's how to reclaim the right to your own time. Question yourself. Ask, what do I need to be the best version of myself? 
make a list of non-negotiables, like six to eight hours of sleep, regular sweat sessions, girls' night. Then calendar specific times each week for top priorities. Don't have time? Start with just five minutes. For instance, drink your morning coffee outside where you can enjoy the view instead of while juggling kids, dog, and partner. Practice carving out little moments and they might begin to stretch out. Give yourself an as-needed self-care prescription. What works best to nourish you is constantly evolving and changing. So set daily or weekly reminders from many check-ins to make a habit of IDing what you crave emotionally and physically. Whether that's a stretching break, glass of water, big hug, therapy, or comfort TV. Let your community lift you up. We know, so hard. One place to start though? Seek help from a professional, like a therapist or an online support group, or just ask loved ones for company or a motivational text when you're off duty. Having a strong inner circle is the secret to boosting your mood and resilience. That brings us to the end of today's article. Find your ultimate why. If you'd like to find out more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our web pages. If you like what you see or hear, please click that button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Don Leary, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thank you for listening.